Bad at Parties is sponsored by Abbey Art Seattle and the Ballard Homestead, music, arts, and community events for people of all ages and incomes. With reoccurring events including the Moth Story Slam, Cathedrals, and The Round, there's always an event when you're in Seattle. Check out Abbey Art's online calendar for intimate performances by many of the artists featured on Bad at Parties. Learn more about this nonprofit organization and how you can attend, volunteer, and host events at fremontabbey.org. Hey gang, this is Andy Zook, and you're listening to Bad at Parties, one-on-one conversations with artists at the corner of the party. This week, Victoriana Dan is on the show. Victoriana and I met when we shared the stage for a round event at the Fremont Abbey this last December. As you heard on the intro, Abbey Arts is a sponsor for this podcast, they host the space where I host the podcast, and they put on amazing events like the one Victoriana and I did together. If you've never been to a round, here is some context. Typically, it is structured with three musical acts all on stage at the same time, along with a poet and a live painter. The musicians and the spoken word artists take turns presenting, while the visual artist creates throughout. Victoriana painted at the last event that I did, and her work was so stunning, you just have to check it out. You can find her work at victorianadan.com. That'll be linked on the podcast details, as well as on all social media, including Facebook and Instagram, as usual. Like, follow, and subscribe to find out more about this show and never miss one of the weekly artists on Bad at Parties. Here we go. Victoriana. Do you want some of your tea right now? Hot water. Yeah, well, we, we can experience the Tim Tams. Oh, the Tim Tams, yes. Okay, so you were going to tell me, you brought thing. these Tim Tams. What are Tim Tams? Tim Tams are an Australian cookie. Okay. Are you from Australia? I'm not from Australia. No, no, no. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Anybody actually Australian just like cringed, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> they hated it. Well, let's see. Okay. It's an Australian cookie, and they taste delicious on their own. But there's this thing called the Tim Tam Slam. Okay. I learned this from my friend Charlotte. I have thus, since then, passed this knowledge on to others. Cool. Is she from Australia? No. <laughs> Nobody's from Australia no in this story. Australia, right? Gosh. Let me know when we get to what the person who's from Australia in the story. I'm very excited right. for it. We're going to get there eventually. Have you already started recording? Because you didn't do a sound check. I can get really loud. I did it beforehand. And but I can get really loud. It's okay. I'm watching it. I, I see it. All right. <laughs> yes. Well, now we can enthrall the listeners as they With listen the sounds to of crunching, the opening this. Cookies. Yeah, this is great. Okay. Is you can't just bite into it. Can't no. I'm not going to. I'm just looking at it. <laughs> We need the tea bags. Yeah, so you brought tea bags. They're in my bag. Okay, so we're starting this off. Right. I'm gonna describe what we're doing as we're doing it right now. Sure. No reason. Tea bag. We're opening the tea bags. In a mug. Oh my god. It's one of those mugs that are too tiny. I don't like. These are great. So we got Tazos mint tea. This is lovely. Got some heated water. Tea bag. Okay. Sound effects. Put it over the computer for a moment, and then I pour the water in. Oh, and then you spill on the floor. Because well, that's okay. It's oh, an gosh, old building. You spilled some more. Right. Well, Don't spill on me, though, man. <laughs> I spilled all over you. <laughs> okay, so we You got may want to fill it up a little more, actually. Oh. Yeah. Are, so we, are these the, dunkers? I will describe to you how the Tim Tam works. Okay, right. What we will do is bite either end of the Tim Tam <laughs> and then create a sort of straw in the form of a cookie. Okay. And then <laughs> you take the end of the Tim Tam and dip it in the liquid. So you, that's why you needed the water level okay. a little more high so it's okay. accessible to you. Right. And then you suck in the tea. And once you hit, 
once you feel the tea hit your tongue, you put the entire thing in your mouth. And that's why it's called a Tim Tim oh. Slam. You're slamming in your mouth as fast as you can. Okay. And there's no way for me to describe the experience. So it really I'm just is. Gonna like, have I'm to, sorry, viewers. They're not going to get it. So listeners. am I doing the... Cor- <laughs> this is a rectangularly shaped cookie. Am mm-hmm. I doing the corners of it or just yeah, like just the center? The ends. The ends. Just the, the ends. ends. Like, okay. Yum. Yum, yum. Mm-hmm. You'll find it's just a delicious cookie on its own. It's a lovely cookie. But there is so much more Chocolate to on the outside. Wafers on the inside. Yeah, sort of wafery, and that's mm-hmm. how the, the liquid gets through. Got like a graham cracker taste. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is great. But with chocolate. With chocolate. Which is the best. All right, I forgot to ask. Do you like chocolate or do you like Oh, I'm super allergic. I'm going to die right now. Nice. It'll be worth it for yeah. Tim Tam. Right. That's on me if I am. Like, I should you, die. It's my job to die at this point <laughs> if I did that and didn't give you warning. If you'd like, I can demonstrate first. No. So that, oh, you're just going to No, I'll watch, no, I'll watch. If you. you okay. Is it right? Should I, I should watch you first. Okay. Right? So it's just like a straw. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. The cookies submerged. Oh, wow. That was a no hands game. Mm-hmm. That was just dip with mouth. Okay, here I go. I'm going to try in it. So the key is, I, I use my tongue as like a, a little, and then get it, boom. Mmm. It, it like melts. Whoa. And it turns into melted chocolatey magic. Like, how do you describe this? That's really good. So the whole thing, like, I was really worried. I'm like, you know when a child is eating a, a like an animal cookie <laughs> and it makes you never want to eat food again because <laughs> it looks so gross? I was worried that right, that was going to be the texture of this. But it just like was very mild. It was very nice. And it just blah, 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 blah in yeah. your mouth, and it's amazing. Oh my gosh, it's so good. And it's with the mint? That's really nice. Do you always do it with mint, or do you try different tea flavors sometimes? I do different tea flavors. This is the easiest one. I just bought this tea, mm-hmm. so I have a giant box in my kitchen sitting cool. there as I'm trying to think, what can I bring? Because I'm attending a thing. It's just nice to bring gifts. That's so sweet. I mean, the last one I did, I did one with um, my friend Gabe, who's also actually my cousin, but he's somebody oh. who I really respect, like his art and his photography. But I his... know a few Gabes, yeah. because I went to SPU. Oh, did you go to SPU? <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. I, I also went Sarah's there. I Sarah's and Hannah's as well. Did you know Jonathan's. we both went there? Did we yeah. talk about this already? Well, okay, I know this because okay. I was talking to Emily Morehouse. Okay. Which, as I was describing Who's also earlier, an artist. See, yeah. here's the thing. The thing I was describing earlier is, oh, we're, you talk with your friends, so the listeners are just all, why are they talking about people <laughs> I don't know? Right. <laughs> but the casual. fact is also I know a lot of people. Correct. Just, it just I think that's the only note. other person that we know together, mm. other than I know of these people. SPU's right. not that big. Not a big school. Yeah. You pass by them all the time. My time. high school was Bigler. Bigler? My nice. high school was Bigler. It's, it's the same as big, just with yeah. more tentacles yeah, involved. Yeah, it's Bigler, <laughs> except it's also a pig. Um... <laughs> There is a little bowl here if you want to put your tea bag into it. Oh, you can thank just go you. ahead and do that. I um, thought I would just drop it on your laptop. But no, I, what I did you go to SPU for? I went, I mean, originally, right. my grand dream was to get the fuck out of my house <laughs> in California and just move away. Mm-hmm. That was the goal. I achieved that goal. Good. With no help of my mother. Got you. <laughs> um, so I came to school, did the first two years of general education because I still couldn't pick anything. Sure. Um, and I was still working on, I mean, the point of moving out was definitely understanding who I am, because I had no idea. Okay. I mean, I was a completely different person in high mm-hmm. school and before that. So it was a lot of process of just understanding what I was capable of and, and just learning about myself. Totally. And so 
when you're in that phase, you can't pick a major. <laughs> you have no idea what you're doing. No, and it, you can't it, even pick the right shoes to wear that day. No, definitely. And I really don't think people should be making those types exactly. of choices when they're like, "What am I doing?" Well, arbitrarily, I pick this. <laughs> I'm gonna turn this. We got a little heater guy here. I'm gonna turn it down a little bit because you said that you go to overheat it, and I don't want to do that. It's to fine. You. Like Are I you said, I, I dramatically react, so, so you'll know I'm sick of the heater when I throw it down the stairs. Oh my gosh! Easy. I believe you'll it's do that. Easy. Like, are you the type of person solved. who's sitting in the car and you take the you take the like dial and you put it all the way to the red and then as soon as you get hot you're like I'm so hot and you turn it all the way to the blue and then you're like I'm fucking cold and then you turn it all the way to the hot no but I do understand this pendulum yeah. swing mm-hmm. that you're the metaphor you're going for yeah uh no I would I, I I tend to be more practical than that yes I will blast it hot yeah and then it'll reach my temperature as fast as I want and then I'll put it to normal I'll just turn it off and I'll be like okay I'm settled that's look great. I, I finished this as quickly as possible I'm done I'm hit where I wanted right. to be there you go. There you go. Yeah. I would always rather be cold. Same. Than hot. Pacific Northwest is best for that. Exactly. I will make scars. You were in I California. Will... Was that was the heat a big part of the why you're leaving? I think environment has a huge factor if you like a place or not. Yes. Like I was never temperature. Meant to. I was ne- what it's Southern California. Yeah. Orange I'm... County, California. On yeah. the beach with sand and bikinis. I hate all of these things. Yeah. <laughs> it's the desert. Dude, Ew. I've got a Northwest ready oh. bod. I do not have a beach ready bod. <laughs> like, I have a trees and a fire ready bod. It's like, what is that? Flannel? More flannel? Perfect. You're ready <laughs> How many to go. layers can I wear? Perfect. Mm-hmm. I look more attractive the more layers I put on. Same Z's. Yeah. That's yeah. what my Annie Oakley look <laughs> is this whole week. I've got knee high boots. Yeah. I've got a scarf. Mm-hmm. I've got my hat. I've I love this floral pattern. Cool, yeah, cool. like this really cool floral pattern shirt you've got going on right now. Thank you. You have a very cool Couldn't style. Couldn't wear it in California. No, you'd be Because I'd be sweating. You'd be sweating and so it'd much. it'd be disgusting. And there's only so many layers you can take off. Yeah. You can always put on more. You can always put on more. Yeah. It's the truth. Yeah. I was talking about something else right now. SPU, you SPU. were talking. SPU! Yeah, yeah. Thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm Someone's following the trends. keeping track. Mm-hmm. Someone knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm just eating cookies. You talk. Right? You're, are you doing the thing? No, I just wanted to eat this one. <laughs> All right, Is that hard. wrong? It's not wrong. My friend Charlotte would be offended. Okay. <laughs> that sort of thing when you're talking hey, Charlotte, to someone. Hey, Charlotte, fuck you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he means that in the most loving I way. I do mean that. Because I just, the cookies are delicious. Right. We were talking about earlier when we were walking before we got here. That, like, desire to be spiteful or, like, like, oh, you can't do that. I think that really plays into... And you, into... you make eye contact with the person, and then you do that exact thing. You do it, thing. yeah. It's like, she's like, oh, you have to do this. It's like, no, I'm just going to eat this. And you, I think that that makes me become someone who tends to be like, oh, I'm going to say uncomfortable things in this moment. Anyways, SPU. You went to SPU. I went to SPU. Mm-hmm. After the first two years, I started to understand myself a lot more, mm-hmm. understand, like, Oh, this creative thing that I like isn't just a weird hobby. I really love being creative. I love being expressive. Mm-hmm. I like wearing weird clothes. It's all externalized, yeah. everything. And so I realized how much I love art, and I do want to learn art. So I was considering doing studio art. Hmm. However, I also understand myself in a way where I know my own limits, and I know sure. um, which sort of how to push myself and not too far where I'll get overwhelmed and actually ruin something. Hmm. So I love studio art. I knew that if I took classes and majored in studio art and was constantly told how to do it and that I'm doing yeah. it wrong and you have to do the senior project or whatever this sure. way, I would hate it. Yeah. It would make me loathe art. I would just see it mm. and see the restrictions, mm-hmm. which is not the same for everybody. Everybody else understands. Absolutely not. You're learning the fundamentals. Of course it's that way. Of mm-hmm. course you're supposed to limit yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I can respect that, but I understood my own limits. I couldn't Yeah, put you're like, that's that not position. the way that my body works. That's not the way that my brain works. Yeah. When I put myself in this place where I say, okay, 
here are the expectations. I don't have the freedom to move around. I have to align this to somebody else. Yeah. And this is, I think with art especially, uh, visual art, like where it's something that you come to learn to love by play, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just experimentation. Yeah. Like learning to not do that can be really, really difficult. Yeah. But the people who can balance that and say, how do I find a way to bring those elements, those elements of play into this formalized experience. I think mm-hmm. that that's really beautiful and wonderful, but mm-hmm. I think it's just different for everybody. Yeah. yeah, basically the fundamentals, as I have always understood them, is here are the tools. This is how you use the tools. Mm-hmm. You have to understand how to use the tools so that you don't fucking mess up everything mm-hmm. and you don't just start arbitrarily swinging things mm-hmm. and uh, then, then once you know how the tools work, then you can apply them mm-hmm. in your own creative, expressive, individual sure. way. Sure. I mean, when we were... But I was still baby me. I was still baby learning how to be an artist me. And I was like, "Mm, mmm, baby steps. Yeah. So that's why I eventually chose art history. Oh, nice. That's great. Yeah. Which also works because I freaking love... Huh? Is that who it was? I'm trying to think of who... There was this female... What? Sarah something. Sarah, what was her last name? She was this art history teacher. We're talking about a university. Specifically, this teacher, he had one art history class that I ever (laughs) took. It was my senior year. Professor was very attractive. She was, her first name is Sarah. I hope she listens to podcasts and she knows she was a very attractive professor. <laughs> you know, but amongst I went, other things. Well, I'm, I'm thinking sure. of her recently she because she also taught. Okay, right. <laughs> but she was very attractive. This is this is not beside the point. This mm-hmm. is a fact, and it was important. And like I loved that class, and I, I went to the MoMA very recently because mm. I was in New York this last week, mm. and it was so great to like just have like this flood back of like oh hear all these images and these concepts that I went through and I loved and it was mm-hmm. so great like getting to actually see them in person and be like, ah, oh, this is so, so wonderful. Nice. Yeah. Oh, there is this, um, oh, what was it? It, it? I always butcher his name. Roshenbaum? Roshenbaum? Sure. I don't, sure. Let's just go with it. <laughs> okay. He is a painter that find, that would find um, pieces on the street or elements and, and then add that to the canvas and mm. so it would just be mostly found garbage yeah. art. And the, oftentimes the paint would be found paint as well. Mm-hmm. And so there's this giant hanging piece that's got an eagle that's like got paint dumped over it. And it's it's hanging in the MoMA on the top floor. And it's just absolutely beautiful. And it was so wonderful seeing that and be like, oh, I thought that that was like, like this small tiny right. thing. And it's massive. It's like six feet wide and like ten feet tall. Mm-hmm. And it was just stunning. Which- is in itself a completely different experience. It's completely was, different experience. That was something we definitely learned in art history is just understanding like interacting with a piece versus yeah. seeing the flat 2D image of a piece. Sure. It's a completely different when you're in the Sistine Chapel versus when you're looking at the pictures in the textbook. Right. We understood there is a difference between those things. Yeah. Did you do to write a lot of papers. Did you do much travel when you were doing I feel like I know yeah. a lot of people that did like a lot of travel while they were doing art history if that was like what their major was. I almost did. You almost did. I couldn't afford it. Sure. It was one of the biggest disappointments in my life, mm-hmm. <laughs> really, because... Yeah, we, we talked about this a little bit. You grew up poor. I also was <laughs> going to say, I grew up poor as well. Yeah. Same boat. Yeah. A I mean, lot of... not real poor. Like, I went to university. Right? Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Student loans and yeah. scholarships for good grades. Right. That's what got me to SPU in the first place. Sure. And, because it was definitely, I'm moving two states away. I don't know anybody in Seattle at all. I'm sure. just forcing myself to be independent very quickly. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, senior, the senior year of SPU, 
I was planning on doing the study abroad where you go to Florence and Venice and Rome and mm. <laughs> Switzerland and France. And I, there was an orientation class you had to take for a whole quarter before doing so. I went through the whole thing. I learned, Germ- I learned some German. I learned some Italian. Mm-hmm. We had to do projects. And then at the last second, I realized I was just a couple thousand dollars short because uh, I didn't even think, oh, wait, the money that we're paying for this trip doesn't include food. It doesn't include these things that seem minor, but right. over a month, of the entire study abroad trip, that that's going to add up. Amount. Of course, I have a very hard time asking for help, mm-hmm. and I had decided I'd reached my limits with student loans. I wasn't going to push myself into more debt right. for the sake of the cool college experience. Totally. And again, that's just me understanding my own limits. Of mm-hmm. I desperately want to do this. I am not in the position to be able to. And so mm-hmm. I had to sit down with the professors and be like, this is the decision I have to make. And mm. it was heartbreaking. Yeah, <laughs> it was absolutely. so hard. To, well, was... and it's such a maturing process in that to be able to like have to hit those moments where you're like, shit, I put in on all this effort, mm-hmm. all of this investment, and I have to say, have to it comes away. down to money. Yeah. I can't do this thing because of yeah. money. Yeah. So that I mean, there's some was... college for you. That's some education. <laughs> like... Sometimes you do everything right, and then you are realize you're just poor. Yeah, that's that's an I education. I need this education. I grew up knowing this. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! Mm. But uh, afterwards, I mean, I did eventually travel to England and Scotland and Ireland. Right. And I saw some actually... pictures, and I was wondering, like, oh, I saw those. Did mm-hmm. was that in college? That was after college. That was afterwards. So. Cool. Uh, I lived with Emily for three years, and then she went on her giant study abroad. She went to live in France, and uh, she comes back, or I forget which order that was in, but she was planning on going on another trip, and I was like, you know what? I've been saving money. I am really good. I have this stuff saved up. I've never Mm. done anything this big before because that study abroad fell through. Sure. So I was like, Emily, can I piggyback on your trip? Mm. And she's like, absolutely. And she just has this full confidence in herself and her own Mm -hmm. abilities to make things happen and oh, yeah. I definitely respond to other people's personalities right so. it, it magnets you in yeah, like exactly. that so kind I'm of confidence all, you're like oh too. I'll go with you I can do that too but yeah. it wasn't even a let hold my hand while I do this it was definitely a hold my hand while I make these incredibly large purchases mm-hmm. <laughs> or like $800 plane ticket sure several months before it actually happened mm-hmm. um but we planned it where, like, I got there at a different time than her, and I printed out all my paperwork, and I got to go on this trip where we would meet up occasionally in, yeah. in Scotland. We would hang cool. out, and she went to Ireland about three days before me, mm. and we would just skip about. It was an amazing experience, and it definitely changed how I see myself and mm-hmm. what I'm capable of, and mm-hmm. and it's definitely a, I'm not as fragile as I thought I was. I, I can take these really big intimidating sure and I feel like risks. that I mean the moments like that to say like I it's very easy for you to enter into like a learned helplessness moment where yeah. you say I tried to take a trip I tried to do something like that and it, it didn't, didn't work, work out. out maybe I'm not supposed to be able to yeah. do things like that yeah. maybe I shouldn't do things that like was, that that was actually a the whole process I had to go through because there was that hesitation and that fear of failure again. Yeah, once you like experience said, that loss, you're saying, what if I experience that loss again? <gasps> yeah, like I was saying, it's difficult for the trip to be so months away, and I'm like, that's all that time, something can go wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, but it's worth it! Right. <laughs> and it was definitely a, I can do this, though, because I'm still young, and I'm still capable mm-hmm. of handling disappointment. It's right. all right. Well, I, mean, I was and thinking, I had Emily there. I was thinking about that because how we met was we were at the Fremont Abbey. I got called in. Well, like 
30 minutes before the show was going to happen, the, the round that they were doing, they were like, hey, one of our musicians is down. Can you come in and, and play tonight? Like, okay. And then you happened to be there because you were also doing the live painting. I did that. Yeah. <laughs> but did you, you hadn't done that before, right? That I've was done the, it like five times. Oh, you have? Oh, I was super <laughs> oh, wrong yeah. that. I thought that was the first but time you did it. I was like, whoa, this is amazing. <laughs> and then you like... Someone came up, I know someone came up and told you, like, hey, why don't you add in this snow to this right? piece? Because it's this thing, and you mm -hmm. did it, and it was just the perfect touch. It was so beautiful. <laughs> but I, I like that trust in yourself, that ability to say, like, in the moment, with people watching me as I'm going, I'm going to improvise mm -hmm. right here on this. That was terrifying. Sure. <laughs> I was so nervous. Uh, I, sorry, so I have done the live paintings. Right. But each time, I intentionally challenge myself. By, mm -hmm. by doing something new. The time before is probably my favorite painting I've ever done. It's basically wow. the sky and then the silhouette of the trees. It's all it's all within the similar pattern of Pacific Northwest landscapes. Mm -hmm. Very inspired by vintage travel posters mm -hmm. in that there's the background layer, the middle ground, and the foreground. Yeah. And it's that seems so simple, but you do those things in the right way and it can be so beautiful and stunning. Mm -hmm. And it, I love that dynamic. And thing. you did that live. Live. And this one, my favorite, the live painting right before the one that you went to. Yeah. I did the background of the sky, starry night sky. I did the foreground of the evergreen trees, just all black. Mm -hmm. And I decided to put a fire pit in the middle with mm. actual flames. I lit it on fire in the middle. No, I'm just kidding. I was like... <laughs> it got intense, man. You missed out. Dude. No, I painted a very beautiful, realistic looking fire. And... The thing with that, what makes it challenging, is that now you have to think of how does the light then affect all the trees? Sure. And how do you create this scene? And it turned out way better than I thought it was going to look. Mm. And, I mean, there's only a two, two and a half hour limit to finishing this painting. Absolutely. I had never done it before. And I was all, no, I'm going to give it a try. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's a really, like, strong, like, the light source is visible and it's affecting everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was it was such a good challenge for me, especially just knowing that I got to do it in front of all. Like there was, mm -hmm. there's that rush. And had you had like, opportunities messing around with light, like light angle sources like that when it's in the foreground rather than in the background, like something being backlit instead, saying like, how is this going to affect things behind it? Like, had you had well, that the, been like stuff you'd <laughs> experimented with? I've definitely done practicing light sources mm -hmm. in that I like to draw and paint, right, for funsies anyway. I like see my watercolor sitting on my table and I'm all, oh yeah, and I pick it up and mm -hmm. I just start messing with it. A lot of shadows. I think I, I rely on shadows more than light. And so mm. this was, this, it was an intentional making myself go in the opposite direction. Right, making the trees a silhouette from the beginning. So yeah, so there's the silhouetted trees, but the thing is the fire pit was in the center of the right. tree, so it actually goes around and I'm doing a hand gesture. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Listeners, <laughs> as it benefits all of yeah. you. Where you, you see the light affecting the trees behind it as well as coming up towards into the front okay. the silhouetted trees in the front. It was it was all sorts of cool, help, mm. only because it turned out well. <laughs> it could have failed. Here's the thing. I right. could have totally messed that up and I would have just had to deal with it. Do you hear the bug? Yeah, there's a bug somewhere. <laughs> there's definitely a bug. I hear it. They don't apparently hear Ferdinand. those. Those future ghosts don't hear the bug, but who knows? Maybe they're going to turn up their volume really loud, hit that back button a couple times on the podcast, and then they're going to hear that bug. I'm going to be like, there's that fucking bug. Three guests. Damn first, Ferdinand. First time there are three people on the podcast. Actually, there's been animals on the podcast many times. Oh, really? Yeah, my I dog and my ones. cat. How did they participate? Um, They just show up. 
It's great. Norm, when I was doing these at my house before, before ah. we did it here at the homestead. Okay, they weren't. There wasn't a field trip. No, no, no. I haven't done any field trips. I, I did. I've done a couple episodes in other locations, and I did one over the phone. I've tried different mediums like that, mm-hmm. and I think like similarly, it's an experimentation, yeah. and it's trying to just say like whatever happens in this, something's like it's completely outside of my control because I'm not going to edit this. I'm not going to adjust it. It's just mm. going to say whatever the end result is. Right. That's what we're keeping. Which was which was a little intimidating, by the way. Which is why, as I reach into my bag and pull out my uh, my little notebook, I yeah. took notes. You took notes. What did oh, you take I was notes like, on? Totally, buddy. Look at this. I'm look at this. There's, there's like, beautiful. There's like all these colors on these notes that you took, and like there's taped on paper. pieces. Actually, this was a, a gift wrap. This is a Trader Joe's bag. <laughs> what did you take notes on? Well, um, I like to be very good at things very quickly. <laughs> um, I have very high standards for myself, and so. I wanted to be prepared, which is why I listened to a few of your podcasts, oh. so I can understand, oh, what vibe is he going for? Oh, it's just conversational. Well, here's the thing. This isn't the effortlessly good at casual conversation podcast. Right, exactly. This is the bad at parties right. pod. So, of course, I have notes. <laughs> I am prepared, sir. Wouldn't it be wonderful <laughs> if that was completely socially acceptable, like you're about to go on a date, and you're like, okay, great. I talked to your, some of your friends. Uh... <laughs> Ask them a few things about you, so I just have a few, a little checklist here in case I get off topic. I'm pretty sure that's a reality TV show on MTV somewhere. Sure. Isn't that the one where you have the friend in your ear? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, they're totally lying to you. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's I just mean, for pure, like, ritual embarrassment. I, I used to work at a school for kids on the autism spectrum, mm-hmm. and we would do, like, totally do, like, conversations with note cards, like, mm-hmm. at the ready where you can that's use these perfect. things. I mean, it was perfect. It was wonderful. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so, that's so great. I love it. It, it helps you understand, because... In the moment, there's so much pressure. You're looking into somebody's eyeballs with their expectations, and you're sitting there like, shit, what do I say? I don't feel... I don't know what you want and, from me. Like, yeah, your mind can go blank, mm-hmm. and that, I don't think that's anybody's fault, and there's nothing to be ashamed of. Right. That's how your body is reacting. Right, and there's so there's always those like those weird things that you're like, this I'm comfortable doing in front of people, yeah. this I'm not. Yeah. Talking, something like that. Like, I, I have little things, like, I don't like tying my shoes in front of people. It makes me uncomfortable. It's really specific. I know. <laughs> it's because I'm very aware... Also, you're just screwed in the zombie apocalypse when you're getting chased no, down the street, I can do and a... your shoe goes on tied and you're I, like, I can't do it too much. No, pressure. I mean, I am physically capable, but it's an uh, uncomfortable body experience. Now I don't believe you. I mean, it's not like I'm peeing in public, which also, let's just be, let's just throw out something really uncomfortable. I cannot do that. Like, this is not in my skill set. There are your limits. Yeah. What is that? A really crowded bathroom? I'm fine. I'm fine. I mean, gun to my head, that's probably going to make it worse. <laughs> you but, have time to drop But for just pants. like the metaphorical concept of gun to my head... I could probably make something happen, you know? Good grief. <laughs> so you took notes. I took, okay, so here, and also, it's not a podcast about, oh, we both read interesting facts and let's share them, because I right. love stuff you should know. I mm-hmm. love, there's no such thing as a fish, which is this British podcast. Yeah. Stupidly named, by the way. There's some things that I really like that I want to recommend to people, and I'm all, how can I recommend it with this there's stupid no name? There's no such thing as a Like fish. the TV show Firefly? That is such a stupid name. No, it's a wonderful really name for show. such a great show. I hate that name. Yeah. <laughs> how do you sell that to someone? Oh, it's called Firefly. It's about cowboys Well, they didn't space. for season two, and that's the problem. <laughs> um, anyway, we don't have a subject to talk about here. We're talking about, like... Me and you and our relationship with art and mm-hmm. how it affects our lives and our interactions with the world. So I was all, shit, I don't know how to verbalize any of that. Mm-hmm. I'm a big journaler. The rest of this is filled with notes and quotes I like and letters I was writing, drawings of mm. things I'm going to embroider at one cool. point. Do you do embroidery? 
I do a lot. I have many talents. That's great. <laughs> I embroider, I sew, mm-hmm. I draw, I crochet, I took fencing lessons, I took tap class lessons, I'm cool. now learning how to figure skate. I work as a cobbler. Oh, really? So a lot you of it wor- is... Wait, you're employed as a cobbler right yes, now? Yes, I was actually earlier inspecting my heels because I'm getting uh, close to my heel base, and mm. you don't want to do that because then you have to rebuild the heels right, before you put exactly. the ones on there, mm-hmm. which increases the charge, which I'm not charging myself, but it's right. going to work for me anyway. Where Do you work here in Ballard doing that? Is there like a spot? Or do you just work for yourself? Want to you... hear story time? Yes. Like I got my job? Yeah, I want to hear Story time! I mean, who's a cobbler? You. Me! That's a weird thing. I'm the one. No. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, a lot of people have that reaction when they come to the shop. They get this wide-eyed, nostalgia look, and they're looking around. Oh, my, it's it's good to see American business at work. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there, okay, dude. <laughs> yeah. Anywhoosies. Going on my trip to England and Scotland and Ireland. Yeah. I am very practical in how much I pack. I'm planning sure. to have one backpack. I need to have one pair of shoes. Sure. That's my plan. It's going to be the winter. It was like December. It was Christmas. Sure. And New Year's because it was cheaper to fly. Right. And I'm all, I'm only going to need one pair of shoes. So I'm looking in my closet and I found these old like leather boots. The kind that are just 45 bucks at a thrift store. Sure. They're just old fashioned. Super hipster looking. Mm-hmm. But really practical. Mm-hmm. They're just perfect shoes. They're going to be fine indoors. They're going to be fine on exactly. the walk. I, if I wanted to go somewhere nice, I can wear those. If yep. I'm walking around the freaking Irish cliffside, yep. I can wear those. They're going to last a long time. They'll, it, they'll make it. Yep. It was a practical thing. Also, I looked great in them. Right. That didn't hurt. <laughs> that didn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and so I realized I need new soles and new heels. So I try to go to the one in Ballard. Mm-hmm. He's only open three days a week. Yeah. And he has a great Weimariner that's in that <laughs> shop. What? I don't even know what. That's a dog. Just... <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> don't say that like it's a thing everybody it's, knows. Most people know what a Weimariner. <laughs> Maybe they don't. I know what a Weimariner. I really wanted one for a long time. They're those uh... dogs that are like kind of gray in color and they take pictures of them with like costumes on and it's ridiculous. Anyway. As opposed to any other dog. As opposed to any other dog, which of course you're going to dress up as well. <laughs> so you go there. They're only up for three days a week, right. and I I don't feel like waiting. I'm I'm a very impatient person, but mm-hmm. also I'm really lazy. So those two tend to to go around. It's tough. Yeah. So I go to the other one in Fremont. I walk in, put down my boots, and he's like, "Oh, well, it'll be like forty five dollars." Well, that's how much they cost. I'm really cheap, and I'm mumbling yeah. and grumbling to myself. And then at the same time, I'm in a cobbler shop. I've never been in a cobbler shop. This is neato. Well, you, you tried to go into another cobbler shop, but it was yeah, closed. Yeah, the fucker was closed. Yeah. Damn it. You uh, all, this is <laughs> almost my second time in a cobbler shop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I go in there. I'm sort of leaning up. I'm, I'm, I'm inspecting over the desk. I'm looking over and seeing, oh, this is, this is that. Look at those pile of shoes. This looks completely chaotic and insane. And then so I just offhandedly ask, which I do to a lot of people, is, oh, how does this work? How do you guys, how do you guys do this? Sure. And Dave, who is 70-something, he's just your typical grumpy old white guy, and he's just sitting there sort of looking, well, do you know how to sew? <laughs> like, yes, I know how to sew. Well, the girl here, she just started school again, and she's moving to part-time. Do you need a job? What? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm all, well, I hate doing consignment retail at the moment, so yeah, let me come back tomorrow. That's not what happened. That's I'm not, not what joking. happened. I'm not joking. I walk into a place, and he's like, here is a job, ma'am. Thank do you. Do you know how to sew? Boom. Dave, that's Dave. He's well, I mean, that's so great. I mean, who isn't looking for somebody that's genuinely curious? There you go. That's genuinely like, this is novel and interesting to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's like one of the most employable skills that you could possibly Boom. have. Be, learn a trade. Be interested. Be interested. Yeah, be learn interested. Be curious. Learn, like, be happy to work with your hands. So uh, That's the thing. I, am, I do that all the time in my free time. I'm always making my own stuff. I cut up old clothes from 
my, I would have my mom email her friends and be like, just tell them to give me the clothes they don't want anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I'd have freedom to just tear them apart mm-hmm. and make new things. I love working with my hands. It's tangible. It's yeah. There's just something very satisfying. Cool. So I go back the next day after my other job, and I just hover behind Emma. I, I know how to sew, but there's specific ways you have to apply that to shoes. Sure. It's, and there's different machines you yeah, use. Yeah, you're using sergers that are probably much oh, more powerful and things like that. We're not even using sergers. That's oh, the no. thing. It's way, like tone the technology way down. I have a foot pedal hand crank sewing machine. No that's way. complete metal. Does it... Is it because you have to go like more like gradually? You have to go through layers of leather. Oh yeah. Yeah, or uh, layers of waterproofed, uh, plastic insulated nonsense. I can see which and... one you like better. <laughs> <laughs> it's the leather. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, and so basically, I just learned how to patch things, replace zippers, fix hardware, just work with tools at a bench. I freaking love it. That's so cool. I, I had no idea about that. I would have asked you to come on the podcast to talk about just <laughs> that because just that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. That's so great. Have you made any of the stuff that like you actively wear? Or like you do or... Uh, I got this old suitcase from a thrift store where it had leather trim yeah. and all the leather trim was falling apart. So sure. I actually took it to work and took off the leather trim and replaced it all. It is beautiful. Mm. It had like herringbone... Uh, tweed yeah. with lined and leather. It's so fancy. That's so great. <laughs> I love that. I used to have a, a suit, like you very accurately described a suitcase that I Scoot- used to have. A suitcase. I'll get there. I had a suitcase that was just like that and I would use it to like, when I was like first playing music and just doing like acoustic by myself, I would put CDs in it and things like that. And be like, look, I have a vintage suitcase that I'm selling CDs out of. They'd be like, you've never seen them before. We'll buy them. Boom. That didn't happen. That's not what happened. People had seen oh, them many I times. Really, I was like, boom, money. But, <laughs> no, people bought them. They were my parents. It was nice. Thanks, Mom and Dad. <laughs> hey, you have support. That's good. I do. I Oh, my God. I have such great support. My, my family, they're the kindest. I've been talking about them a bunch lately. You just, Ew. I don't know. I mean, yay. <laughs> they're wonderful. They're deeply supportive. They're really challenging. That's they're good so people. Great. Yeah, no. Can't can't love them enough. They're yay. great. That's they're good. funny I'm people. I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say I've been talking about them so much because I recently played a show where they weren't there and it was like, they live at like an hour out of Seattle okay. and I'm getting close to being 30 and they still have almost come to all of my shows that I've ever played <laughs> just because they're like, oh yeah, why wouldn't we come? You're playing music. I'm like, okay, it's like, I don't even know if you like this music. They're like, no, we'll be there. <laughs> It's just you. We like you. Oh, man. They're like those people. That's beautiful. Which could be really annoying, but they're really great. So. Oh, good. But anyways, that that brought it up recently. Nice. That's so cool that you do that, and then you work in leatherworking? Oh, Is yeah. that like, that's your full-time gig? It, part-time still, because yeah. I only like to work four days a week, but I mean... Who doesn't like to only work five, four days a right? week? Uh, yeah, and I, mean, I get paid enough, because he's sort of a stubborn, <laughs> grumpy old dude. Sure. <clears throat> I'm like, oh, look. I've worked here for this long. I should get a raise. And he's like, yeah, sure, ask me about it tomorrow. <laughs> he'll he'll do like this subtle sort of brush off, and I'm like, buddy, I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I, uh, not in a pushy way, it's definitely a, I, I picked up the job like that. Yeah. And I'm really good work ethic. Good. Actually, this reminds me of another thing, of uh, Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Know, right? Yeah, yeah. So he did this sort of, speech at a college graduation mm-hmm. or something and he was describing there are three things when you're working at a place you can do everything on time mm-hmm. you can do everything well or you can be pleasant to work with 
generally you only need like two of the three. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like late always, but if you're really cool and you do all your work right, then it's fine. And it's so true. You can just hop around. I'm like, I get all three. <laughs> I show up consistently, I do my work so well, and I am pretty friendly with everybody there. Dude, that only happens if like you like your work, right? you like the people that yeah. you're with. And, like, you like yourself. Yeah. I think that those are the three factors that, like... <laughs> and, and so much of that co- is an inwardly drawn thing, but at the same time, like, you can enter into an environment that doesn't allow you to like others, no. like yourself, no. like your work, things no. like that. If you're in consignment retail, right. uh, <laughs> for well. example, I'd been doing that for about two years, mm-hmm. and it was genuinely, like, killing my soul yeah. every day. It's the sort of thing where this... It might not seem like it, but I am an introvert. But it's just, I've saved up all this energy, so the few times I do go to socialize, I have the energy right. to use. It's dynamite. But it, it <laughs> You compact away. it, you compact and it, and then you explode it. And then it's done. Yeah, and you it's a big again. flash, it's really fast, and <laughs> then gone. and then that's just rocks. It's just rubble, <laughs> and you need to let it sleep. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. So I'd be at a consignment shop where you constantly have to talk with people, and you constantly have to explain why you're not charging more for this thing that they think sure. is so valuable and amazing, and... And then you have to explain to the other guy why you're charging so much for this thing that they think is garbage. <laughs> and it's this constant, constant thing. It would drain me, and I'd just want to go home and hide in my room, sure. just be in a cave for a while. And that actually kept me from being able to do anything outside of work and have any sort of joy. And, you know, I, I tried really hard well, to keep up that same Right, work. and I also feel like it makes sense based on, like, just kind of what I'm seeing from you, the idea of taking one position where you're saying, let's take something that's old and beautiful tell someone that it's not valuable, and then tell someone that it's more valuable than it actually is, <laughs> yeah. instead of, like, tricking people about what something is, or trying to, not trick people, but uh, to bend that around, mm-hmm. versus working now in a place where you're saying, let's find things that I genuinely think are interesting, or mm-hmm. beautiful, or bizarre, and let's make them better. Let's right. let's bring them to their fullest brilliance, mm-hmm. and being in a place where you can repair instead of manipulate, yeah. you know? Yeah, there's, if there's just something great about the straightforwardness of yeah. somebody hands me their shoe, that's garbage shoe, I can't fix that. Well, I, I already think, know my answer. I mean, growing <laughs> up, I think also, growing up with less resources, mm-hmm. you've learned to be um, capable of working with what you've got. Yeah. And I think that you learn to respect people who are also trying to continue using something and say, like, this isn't broken. Like, you find a kindred soul in that. So I think that that is definitely, like, the whether you like the other people that you're working <laughs> with, you're more likely to like your client base that's coming into the door, the shop, and saying, like, hey, I've got these boots that I've had for 20 years, and I love them. And you're like, that's how I feel about <laughs> shit all the time, lady. Of course you're, I'll help you. You're making this way more romantic than no, it I think that, is. well, that's... They're shoes, dude. <laughs> People fine. hand us their sweaty shoes. Fine. I'm a romantic. <laughs> but, that was, but that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. See, you're the one that would walk in with the wide eyes of nostalgia. American mm-hmm. business at work. Oh, did you, okay, this. did you walk, did you, uh, did you watch the OA? It's a new show that came out recently. Uh, I watched it like an episode and I was like, nah. Okay, great. <laughs> Unfortunately. I make my opinions pretty quickly. That's pretty good. decide, yay or nay. <laughs> uh, well, I was sick for, I only watched it for two days, but I was sick, so I watched oh, all of it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. So I was, uh, there's this point, I was talking about this with a friend. I'm not going to dig really deep into it because you didn't watch it, but there's this idea that is happening that a lot of people are talking about. Is it magic or is it... Um, mental health. Like, is mm. this something that is happening in this person's brain? Because it is. To- she is telling a story to a group of people. Sure. And so all you have is her perspective of what happened. Exactly. So is this Only magic or is her. this craziness? And I'm very much the type of person I was talking about this with a friend of mine it's the other magic. day, where I'm saying no. 
those aren't two different things. <laughs> it's the point is saying like, look at the beauty of the world that lets you say, why does it have to be one thing or the other? Why can't you hold both of those things in your two beautiful hands and say, I am capable of imagining all of this in my great brain. So, mm-hmm. yes, I'm very much a romantic. Heather, my wife, calls me a gusher. A uh, gusher? Yeah, she says that I tend to talk about stuff a lot like that. So, <laughs> I, I like I like doing that. Yeah. That's fun. That, no, that, that's cool. That's I like that you're you're there. That sounds like a good environment for it you. It is. That's I, I am very much a romantic myself, mm-hmm. but uh, also very cynical at the same time. Sure. Because I, I would I would get hype about some romantic gesture and then it, and the reality would hit. And so it would sure. so it'd bring it back down. But just in a similar pattern of, okay, yeah, this shitty thing happened, but I'm not going to let that completely destroy... Right what was originally there, what that original inspiration was. So, sure. yes, I'm a romantic. I try to, but at the same time, I have to wrestle with the also very cynical side of yeah. my brain. I think that's a, a realism, well, you know? Yeah. It's the same, like, you know, similarly, we talk about growing up poor, that's that need to say, like, well, I know what I actually have. I can't just pretend that I've got more than this mm-hmm. because reality is going to hit me pretty fucking hard. <laughs> Believing in myself, yeah. yeah, I can sit. I can believe in myself, but I can't leave. believe that this well is any heavier than it actually is, you know? <laughs> Basically. Yeah, and, and I think that there's that, like, saying, like, okay, well, I, I don't believe that this is something that it isn't, but I also believe in my ability to get to, like, well, if I can figure it out, I can mm-hmm. make it work. Yeah. 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 And that's sort of just how this job just fixed basically everything. Like I was saying, I would get exhausted doing retail. It would drain me. I couldn't have fun outside of work either because I was just so tired. I just didn't want to interact with anybody. It was a strain to try and hang out with people. I'm already introverted. Right. <laughs> so get the fuck away. Yeah. I love you too. Bye. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, and I had this work ethic and a stubbornness where I want to make something work when mm-hmm. I can't see any pre- like practical reason why it shouldn't be working. I'm employed. I'm able to pay my bills because of this job. Yeah. Why am like I Why do I hate my- myself? Why yeah, do I hate myself? Yeah, and, this? and yeah. I, I have such a hard time wrestling with that. Totally. Of, it's because you hate it. Yeah. <laughs> like someone has to shout this at me. And so it was definitely just a I mean, the phrase I use, it's a god thing of me walking into a place that fits my personality sure. and just Hits all the marks it needs to, and they're like, "Here's a job, <laughs> starting at fifteen an hour." What? It, it okay. is a crazy story. That is so cool. I mean, yeah. I think that's it. A- was desperately needed. I mean, I tend to work somewhere six months to a year, and at that point is when I I'm no longer interested in the newness of it, and it's mm-hmm. and it starts to get repetitive, and I get annoyed, and I'm sick of it. Sure. I want to move on to something else. Sure. That tends to be why I do so many creative things and learn so many new things, mm-hmm. is that I get bored with it, yeah. and I want to move on to the next one. With that, do you feel like you have, like, I know a lot of people that do lots of different arts, but they tend to say, like, what are you as an artist? Oh, I'm this. I also do all these other things, but, mm. like, what is my what is my internal concept mm. of what I am as an artist? Do you feel like you have a medium that feels like the truest or the most, like, like this is what I am, this is the art form I engage in. I also love all these other things. Yeah. Uh, I would say the one that I don't share with anyone, yeah. which is basically storytelling. Hmm. <clears throat> and that is in my notes a lot, actually. That's, mm. like, littered all over this thing. It's just the concept of storytelling and how significant that is. And uh, But I love painting, and, I, and like I said, I like to be good at things, so... I find a way to become good at painting. Mm-hmm. I had to, like, oh, I have to make it more minimal. I have to, I have to understand my own limits, and then I can make it really well. Yeah. I love sewing, but I have to figure out which way, how am I supposed to sew this so that I can make the thing good, and I, I don't know, 
but there's the a storytelling story yeah. aspect is me loving I really like movies and TV and reading and sure. I the reason I was able to pick art history as a major to bring back to that is that I love art and I've always been great in history classes because mm-hmm. it's story time and I freaking love story time yeah. in all the different ways that you can apply that including sure. just having conversations with people and saying oh well then how did you go to school and just listening to the story being told sometimes people are really bad at telling stories sure. and I do get bored yeah it happens it's fine I mean I totally get that I have a really hard time <laughs> Like I love podcasts, but I have a hard time listening to The Moth or or like one a, or a version of something like that or, or StoryCorps because like sometimes it'll just be like this amazing story and sometimes I'm just like ah oh, buddy you don't know how to tell Mm-mm. your story and that can be Where so are difficult. Where you going? Yeah. What am I supposed to be? And which is why I'll tend to go for like Audible or something like that to actually <laughs> listen go. to a book. Yeah. yeah. Which has an end. Well, uh, I think what made me love storytelling is actually Pixar. <laughs> I loved Pixar mm. movies. Yeah. It was basically I mean. It's that thing where you ask somebody, well, I hate cartoons. And then you're all, well, what about Pixar? Oh, that's different. Yeah. Like everybody, it's a separate category. Not really Pixar nowadays because, meh. But those, you know, the original, the Toy Story, Bugs sure. Life, Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. Those are just such well-told stories that really do, across the board, is just a satisfying thing to watch. Mm-hmm. All ages love it. And I loved that, how that could be so broad and effective in, in that sort of way. And that mm-hmm. I loved Pixar. And I would watch mm-hmm. all the special features and listen to the commentaries yeah. and just... Um, yeah, I would just love all of that and how it applies to even real life. That would make me want to find more stories. And so just in real life, how that applies to me in real life, quote-unquote, I just mean actual people around yeah, me yeah. versus the internet versus or like a, a drive page. Yeah. Or book. your own imagination of... <laughs> or of, even that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. was me, that would actually encourage me to talk with my grandma more, because I'm like, oh, wait a minute, we're in history class all the time, and these mm. are stories about people we don't even know. My grandma lived through the Cold War. She right. lit and, oh gosh, now we're getting now we're getting into like the deep end of like yeah. what I love, because you asked me about what I, uh, the ones that I define myself as. It yeah. really is, like, I just love storytelling and how it affects Inter, like just generations yeah you, it, but it like was off. actually like affecting your relationships it is yeah stories are such powerful things they have been consistent throughout human history mm. like people love stories and they're moved by stories and they can be encouraged mm. and they can find strength in stories if we're good right. <laughs> and so well I'm then maybe scared. they can find strength in the fact that they can tell a story because that asshole told a terrible story <laughs> and people are still listening to it <laughs> You know, that's actually one of my notes here is like, oh, it's funny that like listening to either music I don't like because I have written a couple songs as well. Sure. Like I, I, my fingers and all the artistic Yeah, you got to try everything. And uh, I was like listening to really bad songs that I don't like. They're like achy, breaky heart songs or right. listening to really terrible They can be encouraging because you're like, I'm like oh, super I can inspired. do that. Exactly. I'm all, well, I'm now inspired to fix that or to do some, mm-hmm. I can do better. Yeah. That's a legit thought. Oh, I completely agree. I don't think that anybody's like going out there and becoming their like popular because they're saying, oh, why did you get inspired? Oh, because everybody else was fucking awful and I rule. Like these aren't attractive ways to talk about your art. But spite is a great motivator. It's a great motivator. It's a wonderful motivator. I think that. Okay, good. I think that it's not accepted much in our culture. That's. It isn't. It isn't. I mean, yeah. it's some, we were talking about this earlier when you were getting your coffee of just this idea that people want to avoid the negative, especially in Seattle, passive aggressive. Sure. You want to avoid the negative. So when you're saying, 
you're telling someone, I have a really cool show coming up. And they're all, oh, that's so cool. That's great. I'm happy for you. Oh, I might be able to make it. And they know that they have something scheduled. Right, just tell me no. You can say no. You can be happy for someone and encourage someone, but you you can still say no. And that's the negative connotation doesn't make it a bad thing. It's not necessarily bad. So listening to people who aren't that great, you can be an artist and say, no, but that inspired me to do something even better. Right. (laughs) This is how you do it right. Right. Well, I think that... (laughs) I think that there is such a beauty in like being uh, in a community of people where there are people that are better than you mm-hmm. and there are people that are worse yes. than you. And I think that yes. that's one of those things is people, uh, you talk about Seattle, yeah. if there's people who are saying, great, well, I don't know how to talk about things I don't like. I have to be fake and mm-hmm. I don't like being fake. So I'll just not be around those people. And instead they kind of seem like this isolated cool kids yeah. club, you know, which I can't stand. I can picture a bunch of people that, that fit into that category, and I'm sure that I become that to people as well. I'm sure that we all do that to somebody. Yeah. But we, I think that when you try not to, when you said say, like, no, I'll go to the open mic, and I will play, and someone will be better than me, and I'll be intimidated, and somebody will be terrible, and I'll be like, I hope I go next. Right. You know? Right. Like, those are both important things. Like, you, if you're at the very top or you're at the very bottom of whatever community you are of your art form yeah. or of your creative element, like, it's probably not the right community for you. <laughs> you probably need to move up or down and find yeah. yourself somewhere in the middle. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and that was what I was going to go off on next is, the, yes, there are the bad things that also make me think, oh, I can do better than this, but that doesn't, that isn't any more important than the artist that I love and I'm so inspired sure. by because... It's not everybody's style, but it just speaks to me on a certain level, like a certain music I like. Even I mean, I'm constantly listening to music. I love to sing. Mm-hmm. I love singing, and I wish I could play an instrument. But like I said, I'm very impatient and very lazy. <laughs> so there's no way I'm gonna sit and learn an instrument as a kid. <laughs> and now I'm too old. So it's, it just seems like too Whoa. old, right? Hold up. Okay, no, no, I didn't mean it. Ugh, I didn't mean it. I have a ukulele. I'm practicing. That's great. Are <laughs> See, you practicing it? I am. That's good. I find it very hard to move from an F. To an E minor. Yeah. <laughs> my little fingers aren't quick enough just yet, but it takes practice. It takes practice. I'm, I, I'm aware of my impatience and laziness, so now I know how to work against it. That's good. Yes. Which I'm is aware. how? Which is to freaking practice, because practice <laughs> is the key to mastery. No, I meant, do you have, like, tricks that you, like, can mentally, like, say, like, look. Me telling myself, practice is the key to mastery. Oh, I okay. have sayings and quotes, at, not written everywhere, but in my head. Like, Are you a mantra like, person? I'm very much a, a mantra bit, person. Yeah, because yeah. I, I have to rely, and it's just, it's just this concept of, yes, the bad people are influential, but the good ones are as well. It's sure. basically outside influence. Mm. Just understanding that outside of your, you need that perspective outside of yourself. And these little mantras that I don't come up with, but I, that are very helpful, is that outside perspective that helps push me in a way that I wouldn't have ever thought of on my own. Why the ukulele? Oh, because my little sister didn't want it anymore. Cool. <laughs> I bought it for her. It was the resource that was available to you. <laughs> as yeah. as always. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean that's why I picked up guitar. It was there a, like it, it was, was one. It was there. <laughs> who isn't who yeah. who as a true musician isn't picking up the instrument because <laughs> it was there. Yeah, it was at the thrift store. Yeah, Boom. I mean every now and then you know I mean unless you're playing sax because it was hot and like there were a bunch of saxes and there were also trumpets <laughs> and you said well I want to be attractive so I pick up the sax. <laughs> I say this is someone who picked Seven up the only trumpet. To the clarinet, yes. the sexiness level. <laughs> well, you have to learn the clarinet first. You know, that's the puberty instrument of the of the beautiful adulthood sax that eventually you get to play. Saxophone. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking at your notebook, and oh, it's boy. really 
beautiful in the way you've got it laid out. Again, non-visual medium. It's funny having like visual artists. Pictures, versus... Like, sure. I put. Uh, I, I always do an Instagram. It. I want to hear you describe whatever this. Well, I, I do have an example. There is together. this. Um, it reminds me of this uh, graphic novel that I recently got. Um, mm-hmm. by it is called um, what it is. What it is. What it is, and it's. Uh, I I got it for Christmas from my um, from my. Uh, in-laws and it's this beautiful booklet that every page looks like a yellow pad notebook paper okay um similar to this except this is white that you have and it's just writing all over it and then paintings and then like cut out pictures that have been taped on or Mm -hmm. painted on and then other pieces and it's like also letters that have been cut out uh and it's beautiful and it feels really bizarre and it's asking this idea of like what is art what mm-hmm. is that what are ideas what is imagination yeah. every every page has a question and then slowly all of a sudden it starts becoming a story and oh. there's characters and it's this woman's like story of like her childhood and the pains of puberty and the pains of like learning to like not trust herself and making art and like the pain mm-hmm. like that and then learning to trust herself again and and i uh it's wonderful and then it goes it goes back and forth into like just like random thoughts and they'll just explode back into that again and it it looks very much like this where it's just kind (laughs) of like it's a very non-linear way of thinking and i Mm -hmm. I like looking at that it's like this is how my mind looks like looks it's not like a left to right top to bottom it's more like Oh, attach this piece here. Boom. Yeah, I forgot this. Side oh, notes. shit. Uh, that in there. Paper. I typed yeah. it on there. This Bunch is of red it. lines attaching everything. Yeah, yeah. Basically, I have this paper that is taped to the side is National Skating Month. Bring a buddy skate. Sure. There's just a piece of paper that I was given at Highland Ice Arena. Right, and just what you had. At work, I wrote down a to-do list on the back side, but right. then I wrote something else that I wanted to talk about or that I want to just keep in mind. Right. I mean, this isn't even notes like let me go through from top to bottom mm-hmm. with me. Uh, making things tangible just connects with my brain in just yeah. such a way that I know if I write something down, I'm just gonna have a better, yeah. better time. Does it make you it come again. into this like conversation being like, this is gonna be a safer, better experience? Yes. For yeah. Me. In no way is it. This is my plan for where this conversation is gonna go. Totally it's, get that. Okay, I have taken stock of all of the tools I have. I yeah. have. I know what I'm working with. Well, I, I mean, those remember. are. Do you ever have you ever done any about? like mindfulness activities? <clears throat> <coughs> Sorry, I'm a little Jeez, sick. This, I'm not, <laughs> I was like, that wasn't a sneeze. You're not supposed to coughing. It's all right. Uh, uh, it's a, a yawn rather than a sneeze. No, no. I'm, uh, so mindfulness is is like a psychological tool. It's um, <clears throat> actually I don't know its origin story, but um, it is very much around the idea of um, being present, being in the moment. There's a lot of activities that you can do. Um, it's oftentimes done with people who have depression, or it's done with people who are working through addictions or things like that. Okay. Um, but it's also done with people who are people, and that's kind of their thing. Uh, I do it with uh, my therapist a little bit. I've taught some in the past, but I think it's really helpful. And there's some like projects you can do um, that have funny names like Do a Deer Man or stuff like that, where you're basically like when you're wanting to ask someone for something and it makes you anxious to be like, I need to talk to this person and yeah. I need to have a new conversation with them. It's a confrontation them. Yeah, in your where brain. you just are like, great, write out all of these different things. Yeah. Here is me. Here is what I think they think. Here is what I think. Yeah. Here is what I want them to think. So you're like breaking those... down those feelings that you yeah. that you can totally get lost in the chaos of feelings that are overwhelming yeah. and 
generally it's a confrontation. It's under the label of yeah. confrontation. Even if it's, it's a some... person you trust with everything you have, it's technically sure. a confrontation. Mm-hmm. So you, you have that anxiety. Sure. It's and that so... idea of like, okay, here's my best friend and they've said something that makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah. They've said something offensive to me and how do I bring that up to them in a way that respects and loves them but also respects and loves the ideas that I think are true and important. So yeah. like things like that can be mm-hmm. really great. But it, it's very much that idea of I feel safer because I've done these things and I just know myself. So I think mm-hmm. like it would be silly for you to start doing some of those tasks when you're obviously already doing the the <laughs> thing in itself. You're doing the concept of it without that, doing their rules. That tends to happen a lot. I right. realize this is that I, uh, I'm very influenced and I learn very much through observation. Mm. So I'm influenced by other people and how they act. So I have five brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. That and was I've, exactly the next question I was going <laughs> to ask. Yep. Uh, so I've watched them. Uh, four are older than me. One is younger. And so I've mm. seen my sisters and my brothers go through their own life experiences of dating people and getting brokenhearted mm-hmm. and getting addicted to drugs. Like all sorts of drama. And I'm observing this behavior. Yeah. <laughs> my, my little brain is saying... Don't do that shit because right. it's really fucking stupid. Okay, brain, I will listen to you. And mm-hmm. so it's a lot of introspection as well for myself. Right. I'm like, how do I handle that? And how do I, so what am I supposed to do then if I'm not doing those things? Do you, do you, blah, 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 blah. Do you find that you're someone who, um, when you see someone doing something like that, um, are you s- the type of person who would speak up and say like, hey, you're doing this thing. I don't think you should do this or something like that. Or are you more imagining a scenario in which you're, putting yourself in their place or are you imagining a conversation or, or what does that look like? The when first step is definitely how would I handle this? Sure. How would I feel if I did that? I'm, I'm a big believer that most artists are selfish because sure. <laughs> that's the whole practice <laughs> is, is, is externalizing what you're about. And yeah. I just feel like that's just the general state is yeah. I'm generally a selfish person. Yeah. Let me be, let me do something good with this selfishness. There you go. And so, yeah, my first the way I pro- it's always a multi-step process. Mm-hmm. There's no immediate, this sure. is exactly what I'm going to do immediately. It's, okay, how would I feel if I did this? Uh, I'd probably rationalize it this way. I'd feel this way about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I would rather have someone there having my back and telling me the truth, even if I knew it, I didn't want to hear it at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I sort of go through that process. A little and bit I of realize, empathy, a little bit of I, like role yeah, play. Yeah. yeah, and then, okay, am I the type of person who needs to step in hmm. and interrupt this person with how they're handling this situation? And it's, it's a lot of, I take time to think and analyze. It's not I'm taking a week to think and analyze. Sure. It's pretty quick thoughts. Right, totally I, get that. I because you've become a person who has, I think that this is something else that artists have if they're doing things like that or however mm-hmm. you get to that state. Um, you're used to having inner dialogue. Yeah. Like I am someone who is very used to inner dialogue. I am used to being like, if I'm on the bus and I didn't bring anything to do, mm-hmm. I can I can easily like realize I'm at the end of an hour long bus ride and I've just been imagining things yep. as I've been going. Yeah. Totally, total mm-hmm. daydreamer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I will it, just go through songs in my head being like, do you remember these lyrics? Let's start at the beginning. <laughs> like, I will, I can kill time like nobody's business. Right. Uh, but uh, it also has a lot to do with me journaling all mm-hmm. the time. And that's, it's not just random, I'm bitching about something journaling. It's very intentional. Of, sure. I want to understand where my thoughts are going right now because for the most part, I didn't feel. There wasn't a lot of emotional security in the house I grew up with mm-hmm. and any sort of emotional regulation. Mm-hmm. And I, as I said, I learned from observing. And so I observed the damage of that right. what happened with my siblings. And, you know, it was just us and our mom. We weren't really involved with, she didn't really have any family on her side. Mm-hmm. Our dad's family wasn't involved. Yeah. And so 
it was a lot of sort of self-parenting mm-hmm. and me trying to not be a person that hurts other people, but I'm still an emotional teenager and I will slam the door and right. I will yell at Aviana even though she didn't do anything wrong because she's there and I'm actually pissed at mom. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of me observing, oh, this is a damage I'm doing because I'm so out of control and I really wanted to be in control of what was happening. Sure. But it's just such a long process to learn that. So a lot of it was journaling and listening to music, like the Weepies. Oh. I adore the I Weepies. I love the Weepies. It's like they basically verbalized all the things I was feeling that I didn't understand had words for it. Mm. It's sort of that thing when you're in a class. There's no thought, band like the Weepies. I don't know I why really, they do it, I man. truly believe that. I think that they are, there are certain bands like that, and they are one of those that holds a space that no other band holds, yeah. in my mind. Yeah. I, I tend to, like, yeah. I agree. Uh, I was just going to say, there's like three other people that also have that in my (laughs) mind of, yeah, those are the best, best, best in my Mm -hmm. head. Back in the day when you still made like physical mix CDs. Oh, I made beautiful CDs. I'm great at making mix CDs. Yeah, my my now wife and I, when we were dating, like we would make mix CDs for each other all the time. And I mean, oh. Hey, it worked. (laughs) Like I I said, romantic but cynic. I fucking win. (laughs) But like, like I said, wife now. Yeah, wife now. Lots of breakups. Went through lots of those, but in many of those, let's get back together. There were yeah. there were albums, and the Weepies were consistent. There were consistently Weepy songs. Do uh, you have a favorite? Uh, I think or was that. Would it, it switch from song I think to song sometimes? Right now, the song that like I'll go to um, that uh, feels like it speaks a lot in our relationship still is the the Gotta Have You song. Gotta have I, you. I just love that song. Oh, I don't know if that's what it's called. I think that's what no, it is. It is. Okay. I remember. Thank you. I remember. Yeah. I really like the Weepies. Mine, I think, has always been, well, I love The World Spins Badly On, only because that's uh, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that I'm relating to the lyrics as much of that one, but I really love it, Not Your Year, which mm-hmm. is like, movies, TV screens reflect just what you expected. There's a world of shining people somewhere else. Mm. Out there following their bliss, living easy, getting kissed. While you wonder what else you're doing wrong. Yeah, I related to that. <laughs> like, well, the, the, like everybody else gets to do these cool things, but I, what am I doing wrong? And mm. it was just, I don't know, if, if you've ever been in a room where there's this obvious tension, but no one's really saying anything about it, and you're like, maybe it's just me, and then there's that one blessed angel who's just like, this fucking sucks! Yeah. And then just releases it, like, oh God, I'm not crazy. Yeah. Somebody else verbalized this feeling that... Oh, it's it's not just me. Like, okay, and there's a release to that. It doesn't mean everything's better now. It's just no. acknowledging the truth of that. It means I don't have I to pretend. Ha- yeah, I, don't I don't have, have to, to. I don't have to grimace this smile, yeah. or like I don't have to worry that like people, someone's gonna come up to me and say, "What's wrong?" And you're nothing. Nothing. <laughs> also, you should know. It's obvious. Can we please talk about this? Can <laughs> someone else bring it up? Mm-hmm. God love that person who brings yeah. up the. Hey, this is really this is, shitty. This is I'm boss. trying. I'm trying to be better at being the person being the who one says, to verbalize. "Hey, I think that this isn't good." Yeah. Yeah. Because oh, I've gotten so much better at that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I'm actually really proud of myself that's for so becoming good. that person. That's wonderful. Who will bring it In up? In this day and age, we must. We need that. <laughs> yeah. That was what the Weepies was, especially mm. in middle school and high school. Yeah. Because I was just feeling very isolated and uh, very alone. It's like, oh, nobody knows me at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know. I <laughs> 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 would just sit there, and it just helped me verbalize and understand what I was feeling. Because, yeah. like I said, there was nothing for me to bounce off of. I didn't have anybody I could talk to. Right. And it makes it. 
available. And when those moments happen, it just like it activates that sadness in your body and it lets you say, hey, you can be sad. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. Which yeah. in our culture, so few things do, but stories let you do that. Shows can let exactly. you do that. Thank Music you for bringing it back to that. my favorite. Yeah. Stories yeah. do do that. Yeah. Stories absolutely do that. You can become the character. You can say, look, mm-hmm. they're experiencing it. I might even be hearing or reading their internal monologue. And I'm like, I have... that's how I feel. Let me flip through one yeah, of these random through. pages. Movie quotes to live by. And it's just all these movie quotes <laughs> that I wrote down that have that effect. That yeah. same effect of just, oh, oh, okay. And I, I get it. You put it into words or the story was just significant in that way. But I even had a little, another little page that was talking about like... Do you, no, no. You, you can't move on. You have to oh, get no, me I'm at least one of place. those. What, what was one of the movie oh, quotes? Oh gosh, there's too many. Just give me, give me some... Yeah, give me <laughs> ping pong. Well, here's the thing. Um, also, what I love about that guy that's willing to say, this is fucking bullshit. Is yeah. There tends to be... I, I am like the one that, that has a sense of humor about it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's bullshit, but we can handle it. I yeah. like a challenge, sort right. of. But, like, okay, you embrace it and you realize, I don't know, since I just love humor. So the first one is actually, it's uh, you might as well do something while you're doing nothing, which is from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> it's uh, Uncle Rico telling right. Kip to, like, try to sell something. Who knows? But I just love that phrase because oftentimes, as an artist... You have not a constant motivation. It sure. comes in waves. Yep. So what I've learned, it helps when I have so many fingers and in so many different interests that are very varying in what it demands of you right. versus time, mental strain, mm-hmm. um, is that, okay, I was very motivated to write stories last week. I have no more motivation. And instead of trying to push and force this thing to happen mm. when that will show in the end result, you can tell if somebody's pushing and forcing a thing. Absolutely. Um, Instead, you can take a break from that, and you're not working on that anymore, mm-hmm. but you can still do something else by either still working on that project in a new uh, approach where you're like doing research for it, right. or you can just let yourself do something else creative, and you're still producing, and you're still challenging yourself, but right. maybe you decided to draw instead right. of write a story, right. or maybe you decided to write a song, and it's that challenge that awakens something in yep. you. And this so, is something I think our generation gets very well that I don't think a lot of others do, because... Mm-mm. Um, it's been a concept of, oh, do the one thing and do it really well. And that's how you make it into your career where we're saying, look, look, we have to be Renaissance people. You have to be flexible. You have to be flexible. Mm -hmm. There is no security. Yeah. So like we must be good at all these different things and definitely don't make the thing you love your career. The one thing. And also there's no such thing as careers anymore. (laughs) So don't, don't use that term. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. That yeah. is basically what it was. You might as well do something while you're doing nothing. Absolutely. Like, take a break if you need to, and then keep working on something else. You don't sure. have to let yourself get down. You don't have to feel bad about not being motivated anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the whole idea of luck equals preparedness plus opportunity is mm. the same idea of you're preparing yourself by just being versed and skilled in many different things that you naturally find interesting. Mm-hmm. And then when the opportunity arises, because you've kept up those skills, even if they weren't immediately... Beneficial, right? When somebody the... says, "Can you sew?" You say yes. That is exactly what that is. Yeah. I waltzed in, and they're like, "Here's a job. Great! I know how to do this, and yeah. I'm a quick learner." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. absolutely. So that's one of the funnier ones that I like. That I it does help me when I'm sitting on my bed and I'm just sitting. I don't really feel like painting, and then it's you might as well do something while you're doing nothing. And then I look over at my ukulele. Hey. Hey. And then I pick it up. Yeah. Is this a usable skill? Not right now, but who knows? Exactly. Uh, and then let's see. There's other ones where it's just. 
have you ever heard or seen of Cloud Atlas? Mm, I haven't seen it, but I know it. Do you know of it? Yeah. Just this concept of, like, oh, it's telling six different stories. Yes. And they're all taking time in vastly different time periods. There's the 1700s, there's the 1970s, there's the 1920s, and there's the distant future. And as you watch all these stories progress, you see the little ways in which they've actually influenced each other. Mm, where mm-hmm. something that happened back then affected what happened in the 20s, which right. then affected what happened in the 70s, which then affected right. it. And it's beautiful. I love that concept. It's just this, again, I love stories. Mm-hmm. And it's because of how applicable they are in real life. Of mm-hmm. What happened before matters because of what's happening now. Yeah. And what we do now matters because of what will happen next year. Yeah. And so the quote of that is basically, our lives are not our own. From mm-hmm. womb to tomb, we are bound to others. And with each cruelty and every kindness, we birth our future. And I love that quote. Mm. It's so beautiful. And it like makes me cry when I watch the movie. Because so the actress saying it is so beautiful. That's and so she's great. crying. <laughs> and do you, what, is, what do you feel like the story is right now? Where, where are you like... People? We're all fucked. That's no, 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 no. <laughs> Yes. I also went to the Women's March today. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm, I, I, I actually don't think that. No. I, I do think that things are fucking awful, and here we go, yeah. uh, is my response right now. Okay. But the I, I actually meant in a more, like, tangible, like, what is the story you're engaging in right now? Like, is there a book? Is there something that's, like, feeling really pulling to you right now? At the moment? Yeah. Oh. Well, <laughs> you know, I could talk about, you know, the inevitability of time and death and consequences and I can also talk about an anime about male competitive figure skating (laughs) with the same amount of enthusiasm that's so great which is the most recent story which is it's just like a 12 episode it's basically this character that is immediately relatable to me because the first three minutes he realized he completely failed at this thing he's worked at his whole life sure and it's not because he's not physically capable he just the anxiety got to him, and he, he let it get to him, and he decided, oh, I suck now. And he goes into a bathroom and tries to call his mom, and then she's like, oh, we had a whole viewing party. And he's like, oh, okay. And he starts crying and hangs up the phone and just crying in the bathroom, and I'm all, that is relatable. Yeah. I get you, kid. I am with you now until the end. <laughs> What's the anime called? Uh, Yuri on Ice. Cool. And it is beautiful. I love anime. That's great. You do? I do. What the? No one loves anime. I feel so embarrassed. Okay, talking about no, this. let me jump back to like, hey, middle school Yay! Andy. Middle school Andy. What kind of haircut love... did you have? Oh, it was just as long as I could let it be. <laughs> and for a little bit of time, it was orange because I tried to dye it blonde, but oh. I failed, so it oh. came out orange. But I was really into anime. Like it was like, uh, Trigon and and Inuyasha and Dragon Ball Z and like all of these nice. like and Gundam Wing, all of those things. This is what I was watching. I didn't have friends. I did have shows. It was good. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a great... I've been reading this book series for a while, and I'm right now in the middle of the second one, but mm-hmm. it is... Um, called, the first book is called The Name of the Wind. Have you read this? I have heard of it, and I almost read it, and then I didn't. Yeah. I feel like talking with you, like you would really like that book. Think so? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that was that's the kind of confidence I like to hear. <laughs> yeah, I'm really loving it. If you but it is a it is a very the one thing I have against it is that I feel like the and I talked about this with my wife because she couldn't get into it for a little bit because the male character is very um I don't know. It's just, like there are no strong female characters in the entire thing, and and he feels really <laughs> monochromatic as a male character. That's exactly why I didn't read it. Yeah. Okay. I got it from the library, and I open up to see the sleeve on the description, and every 
line has like, <coughs> I am doing this and I am this and I'm a dude and I'm like, this That's is exactly how not it for me. Yeah. And I close the book okay. and I was like, I just can't. You make should read Sabriel, which is a female <laughs> main character. It's so funny who everything talking. goes is like really hard and it's about necromancy and it's wonderful. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, and it's this, uh, it is Garth Nix, it is the, called the Old Kingdom series, and it is wonderful, and it's a fast read, so oh. when you get bored, you'll be done already. Boom! Okay. Oh, yeah. So, well, what do you find influencing about The Name of the Wind? The Name of the Wind? Oh, uh, wait, I know why I picked it up now, because mm. we were talking about music earlier, and the artists that we love, I love the Oh Hellos, mm-hmm. like, I can listen to their albums ad infinitum, mm-hmm. that was... Also on my list of music that I loved. And their newest album was partially influenced by mm-hmm. Name of the Wind, which is why I looked it up, which is why I almost read it, but I didn't. Yes. <laughs> great band. There you go. Great people. So cool. Um, they give a great concert. Yeah. I got to see them. They were phenomenal. They give a show. Where did you see them play? <gasps> Here. Mm, a year ago, I think. Were they like, playing with Joseph? The violinist. Oh, I have no oh, okay. idea. I think they played together. Maybe. But at the Maybe. end, you know, they do the, the encore and they bring all the other bands on and they all play together. There's two drum sets and the violinist jumps into the crowd. Like, it was it was fun. That mm. was a good show. Please continue. Was it at um, the Neptune? Mm-hmm. I was at that show. No way! Yeah. Ah! Yeah, Joseph played with them. Those are my friends. Those are your friends? Yeah. Who's Joseph? Joseph is this <laughs> band. Also, some kids who went to SPU. You should listen to them. Natalie's been on the podcast. They are mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, that's who I was staying with in New York. Okay. Yeah, listen to Joseph. There you go. Band. Okay, okay. Band you should listen to. What I'm going to... Good thing I got my notes. You got your notes, and you can also just listen back. It's recorded. It's right here. I'm not going to listen to my own voice. What the hell? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't know. I think that I am somebody who I can get... I think that it did feel that way at the beginning, and I was getting pulled away, but I think that the writing is very good. Okay. I think that... um, the themes? uh, The themes? Yeah. Like, Cloud Atlas deals with time and influence and human relationships. I think that this is really dealing um, with poverty a lot. I think that it's dealing with um, adolescence. I think that it very much reads as a young adult Mm. um, fiction, and I think that it's intended to be so, but I like. I tend to like young adult fiction. I, uh, and I don't know, I think it, it tends to deal a lot with, like, Sense of self in art, which mm, okay. is obviously well, then something I that I like. How that applies? Yeah, but m- more than anything, uh, I can be much more drawn in by like, do I believe in this character, yeah. and do I believe in this conflict, yeah. and do I care? Yeah. and I and I do. So mm-hmm. that's the big thing. Yeah, I love, I love that stories can have those different types of pulls for mm-hmm. anybody interacting with the story. Mm-hmm. I just uh, <laughs> Emily and I went to see Moana. And we, I love the music, obviously. I don't know what Wait that is. It's the Disney movie, Moana. What the Mm-mm. balls? Well, now I suddenly... I oh, wait, is that the Hawaiian one? Polynesian. Polynesian? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, maybe I, just... I am so sorry. I have literally not... I've only seen that there is a poster ah, at the Majestic okay. Bay. I don't know anything about oh, that's it other fine. than that. No, no, that's fine. Please. Okay. I didn't mean to make you feel judged. No, I don't want to mix up uh, <laughs> ethnicities. Oh, gosh. See, I'm probably getting it wrong, too. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Ugh, sorry. I, I apologize for not doing further research. Anyway. That's okay. The story, it took two hours for you to just get to what you already knew was going to happen. It was... It was 
I love the music and the characters were kind of sure. cool, but there was it was lacking so much in just general story structure. You wanted more white people, is what you're saying? <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> I can't relate to anybody. In this. Look at them. You wanted specifically British but, white people. <laughs> no, but then uh, because I liked, like I said, when bad art happens, I like to be inspired to make better art. I have six pages in this. Of me fixing Moana. Dude, that's so <laughs> I, funny. I basically rewrote the story to how it should have been. I like the title. You you drew a big Moana with a nice circly, spirally O. Oh, that's great. Moana, I fixed it. That's, <laughs> what it. that's what the paper literally says. And it's just going through of how the themes weren't strong enough, the music was great, but you could have done this. You could have kept things more of a mystery, so that way you had questions to be answered later. And it was all sorts of story structure where I could see the potential of what it could have you been. You know that this isn't what people do, right? That this isn't what, what people, people do. do when they watch movies. Oh, I do. I fix them. I love that. And that's it's, it's, wonderful. It's that, it's that, I understand that that's not what normal people do. No. Do you feel, funny. do you think that, I've it's, been talking about this a lot with my therapist. Oh, okay. The becoming, <laughs> the, the recognizing oneself as a character. Like saying, like, what is the character that is me? Ooh, yeah. And I like, and really like, I am very much someone who has to believe in the character of what I'm portraying. Yeah. And I think that I have to be interested mm-hmm. in my character. And if I'm not, my life is sucky and <laughs> I hate it. Um, but I feel like, I don't know, do you feel like you recognize yourself as like, do you have this like image that you hold in, like, one part of your mind where you're like, this is the character that is me, and this is how they're developing and changing. I, yes, to a degree, where I approach movies and books and things that are intentionally made with a purpose of sharing with others and mm-hmm. telling a story a specific way. I genuinely think that there is a better way to tell these stories, and so mm. I want to fix them. But in real life, things can't be simplified to themes and you can't do that but at the same time i mean i i loved hamilton Hmm. the i did you go see it no what do i look at me the millionaire (laughs) going to new york and seeing hamilton just on a whim uh i love just the idea of who lives who dies who tells your story so the way i live my life I cannot see myself as some character part of a narrative because Mm -hmm. that's oversimplified in my mind. Mm. You need to give yourself room for circumstantial, like, exceptions and flexibility and all these things. Mm. And you are growing in a way that can't be told. If somebody went through your life minute by minute, that story wouldn't work in a narrative sense. Mm. But it's still, at the same time, like I said, you're... Like what you're doing now will become the story that is told later, and all the thi- all the ways you're affecting people now will be sig- and have an influence on others, and that will grow and it'll branch out mm. further and further. So even if no one, if by the time you die, your name isn't the most important thing sure. anybody interacts with, people aren't banging drums in your honor. Like your presence in this world is so significant and so important. And you should never doubt that. So, like, yes, I am the main character in my story, but it's a story still being told with thousands of potential ways it can go. Like, the way you treat somebody on a bus. Yeah. You're just 
They're they're drunk and they're coming up to you and they're grabbing up. They're like, "It's my birthday. You I'm, can I'm, say get the fuck off me." And I'm push like, them off. I'm handing out pamphlets for all of everything you're preaching right now. <laughs> everything you're saying is good. Oh, this is oh, good. Lovely. I'm super down with it. I love that. <laughs> yeah, or like, yeah. Actually, this happened to me yesterday. A drunk guy was on the bus trying to like grab at me, and I was like, "Oh gosh, what's happening?" And he's like, "It's my birthday." And no, no, it's I'm, no longer your birthday, no, sir. I, that's the thing. <laughs> that could be your reaction. You can be. You can have a negative reaction at the same time time i know who i am sure and i'm seeing a man who's just drunk and wants to share with some he doesn't know me he doesn't know anything so i make sure his hands are nowhere near my breasts (laughs) anymore and i say oh happy birthday and he's like neat and he just gets off the bus and continues with his day sure and i take my seat good on you and it's small reactions i hope he then went home and sobered up and treated people with kindness who knows that's the thing i can't control other people's stories i can do what i can yeah understanding my own limits but understanding my own strength, how mm. far I can push myself to be a good influence. Everything you do affects the people around good. you. I, I totally believe that. I mean, 20 minutes later, an argument happened in the back of the bus, and it was it was so so dramatic. Like, in my head, I'm like, oh, no, it's a conflict. Fucking men. Because <laughs> it was just, you know, it was pure ego. Sure. They were shouting about something, and then another guy got in between trying to hold one back. Right. The other one's talking about how I was in the military corps. And he gets off the bus, and then I'm all, cool, you can close the doors now. And like, now they're physically separated by the doors. And the bus driver didn't close the doors, and, and it just got worse. And I'm just sitting there, like, this is what I, this is, this is why I reacted the way I did earlier. So that, like, nothing would escalate. Yeah, so we could say, like, Un- like, let's bring peace. Totally unnecessarily. It was unnecessary on every level. And mm. that's, but that's a reality. That was their choices. That's how they uh, chose to right. handle that situation. So... Yeah, that's that. Why, I love why that. did no, I even go I don't know, there? but I love that you brought all these notes. I, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about all this stuff. Oh, I took this seriously, bro. You did. I, I loved it. It was so wonderful. Me. I needed to sound smart. Thank you. <laughs> did you feel like you had any other things that you didn't get a chance to talk about that you really wanted to? <laughs> Only like eight you, million things. I know. You really thing. prepared, and I don't want to cut you off. I do know right? that we... Right? There's a limit. I, no, there's... Can there be like a bonus features the, section with just the other be. stuff, right? You can tune out now. <laughs> I come back later. Uh, well, here's the thing. Yeah. I love one-on-one conversations. Yeah. I am genuinely bad at parties mm-hmm. because you don't get to have one-on-one conversations. Sure. And I'm sure as you <laughs> noticed, as well as anybody listening would notice, I tend to veer and follow whatever train of thought sure. I'm going on. So you can go anywhere. And there's sure. Limits. And there are populations of people that can join you on that journey. <laughs> and there are populations that are saying... Where are we? <laughs> yeah. Where are we? They're like, okay, where's the fuck off button? <laughs> They're turning this off. <laughs> I want that button. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is this is generally how it goes when I go to meet my little sister at the coffee shop she works at. And cool. she gets off at one. And so I'm all, let's visit. And we end up chatting because we haven't talked in a while. And we're all, oh, it's been four hours. Yeah. And it's just, I love talking about these things. Cool. A little bit of me is like, oh, of course you love talking about them because you only talk about them with people who agree with you. I'm not good at talking about them with people who have different opinions. Sure. Who, who is? Who's good at that? I, yeah. Some people are. They're really good at rhetoric. And i that's the thing. I have little goals. I have very high standards for myself. I was I at a, yeah, of, yeah. I want to be that type of person. I want to get better at being the type of person mm. who can handle, oh, well, that's just a totally different opinion than me. I verbalize as much as I can on my end, but, right. like, eh, okay. Yeah, and I think it's also, like, in 
you know, I'm not going to dig super deep into this, but I really am in this place right now where I'm, I'm coming to this place where I have to say, like, okay, if it's something that I truly disagree with and I think it, it is uh, presenting a harmful mm-hmm. concept that is, is dangerous, mm-hmm. uh, that is unhealthy for our, for our community, whether globally or in a small group of people, yeah. that I, it's my responsibility with all of the privileges that I have as a white male right. to say, like, oh, I have a voice and I have to use it. And if I'm not using it to be protective and to to stand up for for these things, then I then like what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. So trying to say like, okay, I want to be welcoming to other people's ideas. I want to have these conversations with people that are presenting something I don't know, mm-hmm. and that's good. And mm-hmm. I shouldn't pretend that I do know everything that's right. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that I have to be all accepting. Yeah. I am allowed to say no. What you've said is is wrong. And uh, I will not allow you to have a voice in the space where it is dangerous to others. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Actually, I saw a tweet. I, I wish I could, you know, source who said it. But it's basically, I'll respect your opinions as long as your opinions respect other people's rights to live. Mm, true. And it's definitely like, there is a fucking line, bro. Yeah. Like, freedom of speech just means the government's not allowed to arrest you for speaking your mind. Yeah. That doesn't mean we are required to listen to you spew shit. No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's all sorts of that. Cool. Well, let's keep talking, but I'm going to turn this off. But thank you so much for coming on and doing the thank podcast. Thank you for with me. having I love me. It. Oh. That was, oh, that was so, I was Oh, are nervous. you doing anything oh, new? Like the, I'm sorry, that was a big reaction. <laughs> are you doing anything new coming up soon? Like any, any other things like you did at the, the round that well, people I, could go check I out? Well, I love doing the round and they, uh, they're very inviting and they're very welcoming and they, yeah. they contact me. Yeah. So I haven't been contacted recently probably because they want to give a little space between sure. every time you go in but i will i'm hopefully will be doing more of those cool. i love doing those live paintings first of all it's just great practice for me yeah. and then at the end someone buys my painting so i don't have to hold on to a dusty canvas right. in my and closet you get lovely money <laughs> and i get the money i love money. i get paid for being an artist i get cool. paid for doing a lot what i love and people can buy your lucky, stuff right if duck. they want to yeah, yeah, I, I have a website, it's just my name, victorianadan.com, mm-hmm. and on there is all my contact info with email or Instagram or cool. anything, and basically, I work best through email. Cool, just I saying, mean, if someone yeah, got this far into the podcast, they're probably going to buy something. Oh gosh, no. You what, got an hour, you listen to an hour, like you, you're willing to give up an hour and a half of your life, but you're not willing to give up, you know, 20, 30 bucks? Come, For a little canvas of come on. Pacific Northwest? Come on. Check out the website. Buy see it. See if you like the art. If you don't. Get it. That's fine. Everybody has their personal taste. You're taste. wrong. It's my personal <laughs> taste. I'll sit here and be the unreasonable one. Andy. Boom. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Ha-cha!